Yo, what up? What up? Welcome to Dudes Doing Movies. How are you doing, Lennon? I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Just been kind of busy with a bunch of nonsense lately. What have you been up to? Just chilling, bro. Working. We're finally kind of moved in, like unpacked to our new spot. So I've been, uh, it's, I'm still doing like stuff for the house, like every day, but for a while it was like, get home. And from the second I'm home from work until the second I go to bed, it's just like doing house shit. But now it's like, now it's just like, this is the first day I think where I'm just not going to do anything for the house. I'm just chilling. So yeah, it's been nice. That's about to be me in a fucking week. So yeah. Are you excited? Yeah. Just got a lot of shit to do before and after and bunch of shit coming up. So yeah. uh, excited to live in Philly and do in-person episodes for everyone listening. That's going to be happening within the yeah, next be month. Dope. Um, I'm going this weekend to see the good, the bad, and the ugly at Philadelphia film, Philadelphia film society. Oh and my God. That's one that, I mean, obviously I, I talk about that movie every other fucking episode and it's my favorite movie ever, but I have missed many opportunities to see it in theaters. So I'm fucking excited that I'm finally going to get to see it on the big screen. I'm a little envious of that. I'm not going to the movies until Monday to see Oppenheimer. I'm going to try to go see it this weekend. So my girlfriend, Julia, really wants to double feature Oppenheimer and Barbie, which is like fine in theory. But my issue with that is like Oppenheimer is like three hours long. Barbie, I think, is like pretty relatively long. And so like if I were to go do that, it would be Saturday night and I would be in the theater on Saturday night for like seven to eight hours. And then I would turn around and go watch the good, the bad, and the ugly the next day in the theater for, for over three hours. And I'm just like, I don't know if I want to dedicate 10 hours of my weekend to sitting in the movie theater. You know what I'm saying? That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah, no, there's no enthusiasm in that. Yeah, I just like I I don't know how excited I am for Barbie, dude. If I'm gonna be honest with you, I like Greta Gerwig, so I I think it's gonna be fun. The cast is cool. Uh, I don't know, man. My enthusiasm is at enthusiasm is at like a zero. I'm like mostly going because my girlfriend wants to go, and I'm just gonna be like appeasing Julia. So, but, um. I did see we haven't really talked about trailers in a while. No, I saw I saw a couple too, but you go first. No, you go first. Uh I saw a trailer for The Ascension. I think that's what's called The Ascent. What's the that? Movie, uh it's like a sci-fi movie by the dude that directed Rogue One. Oh shit. It looks pretty sick. I got to got to keep it 100. It looks dope. Hans Zimmer soundtrack. Is it the ascent or the ascension? I think it's the ascent. Let me see. I can't remember. Oh, asc- uh, I don't know. Ascension? It, it's ascension. That's what it is. Damn. I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, it looks sick. We should definitely go see that. Yeah, I'm down, bro. There's good good movie theater options in, uh, in uh, Philly. So we'll be out there, bro. Cinemark uh, gang. Are you uh are you like a huge Rogue One guy? That's the best Star Wars movie, straight up. Uh I don't know about that. It's the best new Star Wars movie. Yeah, that's certainly true. But I mean, you know I have I have peculiar feelings about Star Wars. I have a crazy love-hate relationship with Star Wars, man. I am everyone does at this point. No, there's some motherfuckers who are just so in on it who have fully just drank the Kool-Aid and are like wearing fucking baby Yoda fucking pajamas and shit. And then there's some motherfuckers who, as a result of that, are just like all Star Wars is fucking garbage, which is like, I mean, I don't agree with either of those things, but whatever. We need to do a Star Wars flick for this, bro. Han Solo. God, I didn't even see that. Yo, you know what my issue... Fuck you. You know what my issue with that is? All right. 
if Han Solo is a good guy, this is my whole my whole issue with that movie existing at all. I feel the same way about Solo as I do about the Joker. The movie is fucked from Jump Street because there's all these like there's like fundamental issues that I have with it even existing. So regardless of whether it's like a fucking Oscar winning incredible masterpiece or it's just like hot garbage, I'm not going to think it's cool or good because it's like its whole predication is fucking stupid to me. Like my thing with Solo, you didn't you didn't think I was going to go off on a whole rant about this, but you fucked up by bringing even bringing that fucking movie up, bro. I mean, I saw it in theaters. My, my thing about Han Solo having a prequel movie is this. If Han Solo is a good guy, then the whole character arc in A New Hope of him going from being a selfish scumbag to being a good guy goes out the window. If he was already like a good hearted dude before A New Hope, then what the fuck is going on at the beginning of New Hope when he's just like a fucking asshole who's like only in it for the money and is like a selfish piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? That whole character arc just is become suddenly pointless. They accidentally fucking retconned that to not be to not have any sort of like emotional weight or character development. That's dumb. I mean, I can tell you from my experience from actually seeing the movie that there is no character development. The dude that plays Han Solo in the movie fucking does not capture the magic that Harrison Ford had in the well, slightest. Yeah, I mean- there should uh, nobody else should ever roles that Harrison Ford plays should only be played by Harrison Ford ever. They they go into the reason that Han Solo got his name Han Solo, and then that happened. And I who cares? groaned. Who cares, dude? That's not uh, lore that we need to know at all. I mean, the the best part about the movie, the only redeeming thing about the movie was Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. Yeah, that's cool. But dude, again, doesn't doesn't make up for the movie. If Han Solo's a good guy 20 years before A New Hope or whatever, then what's going on when he's not a good guy at the beginning of A New Hope and then becomes a good guy? Then he's just like schizophrenic at that point. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what's up with that, bro? We don't need that shit. Then he's on numerous personalities instead of Han Solo. Yeah, well, fuck, fuck out of here, man. Yeah, the movie fucking sucked. I, I was movie hopping that day and saw a couple of movies and Solo was in theaters and and I was like, you know what? I'll take the trip. Let me see what, what the deal is. Because I was hearing mixed things. I yeah. left the theater so pissed off. I didn't even pay money for it. And I was pissed off. Yeah, it sucks. Fuck all that. I mean, I haven't seen it. But I I just I, <laughs> I just believe that it sucks based on what I have just said. Anyway. We'll what? We'll do it for the podcast. We'll no, there. man. Fuck all that. Uh, what other trailers did you see that you were psyched on? Uh, I'm trying to think. There, I'm not really psyched about probably because I love to punish myself. There's like this fucking shitty vampire movie coming out where they're on a boat and a vampire is fucking with them. Oh, I did see that trailer, dude. That looks dumb as fuck. I can't wait to see it. I love watching shitty movies. That looks idiotic, man. We'll go see that. We'll post up, dude. I'm not trying to see no type of pirate movie. And I'm certainly not trying to see no type of pirate movie with fucking Nosferatu in it. Yeah, it's fucking sick. Just wait till Nosferatu comes out, the Robert Eggers version. I don't even know if I want to see that, man. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't care. What do you mean? I just don't give a fuck, bro. That's disrespectful to Mr. Eggers, man. Who's 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 playing Nosferatu? Willem Dafoe? I think so. Right? Or did he already play Nosferatu in the past? Maybe he just looks like Nosferatu, and I think that. Don't fucking say that about Willem Dafoe. He's the man. He does. I mean, he is the man, but nobody's ever been. Like, what do you mean? Don't get mad at me for that. He's weird looking, bro. What? Like, if he wasn't weird looking, he's very expressive. He's weird looking, dude. What do you want me to say? All right. It's Bill Skarsgård. That's who Nosferatu is. All right. Well, now it's not Willem Dafoe, so I no longer give a fuck again. He's in it though. He's the guy who looks like Nosferatu is in the Nosferatu movie, not playing Nosferatu. That's stupid. You see what they can do with Bill Bill Skarsgård, man. You see the It movies. Yo, speaking of which, speaking of, of um, 
of Willem Dafoe. Did you see that uh that movie where he was locked in the apartment? No, it keeps popping up on streaming, and I wanted to see it in theaters. So maybe this weekend I'll take the take the time and watch it and see if it sucked or not. Dude, I I thought it looked so fucking cool. And then I like saw reviews for it and everything was just like, yeah, it's pretty whatever. What's it called? Inside, right? Yeah, inside. Uh, it, the whole premise of it is pretty funny. Like he's like a thief and he just accidentally gets locked in. <laughs> oh, well, it has a three on Letterboxd. I thought for some reason, I th- maybe I just expected it to be way better than that. It's less than two hours, too. If it's less than two hours, I'll watch it. Even if it, I'll watch a, I'll watch a two, like a movie that has a, a letterbox two I'll, or above. I'll watch it no matter what, if it's under two hours, if it's over two hours, it's got to have at least a three. I'm not wasting more than, I'm not risking more than two hours of my day on a movie that is under a three on letterbox. I'm at a point where I'm just kind of down for whatever. It doesn't matter. Eh, I mean, I respect that. I've, I'll get there. I'm just not there yet in life. All right, so what what trailers have you seen? So the trailer that I saw that I was fucking, that I'm so hyped on is uh, the new Godzilla flick that's coming out. Did I send you that or did I send you the teaser thing? Um, I don't know. You, I don't think, you might have sent me it, but I had seen it. I had gotten sent the the tweet from the Toho Twitter that was just saying. Oh, I sent you that. I sent you yeah, the tweet. 3 p.m. today, we're announcing the new Godzilla movie. Um, it looks and- awesome. Dude, Godzilla minus one. So it's going to be, uh, it's like World War, po- it's like post-World War II Godzilla. And um, a bunch of people were like, that I know who are like into Godzilla were like, oh, it all depends on like what the the character, what the like Godzilla design for this movie is going to be like. Because um, it's very vague in the trailer. But uh, this action figure company called SH Fig Arts, it does like high high-end action figures. Uh, they did solicitations with a uh, Godzilla minus one figure that's coming out. That's where you can just fully see the character design. See, I didn't see that. I'm I'm trying to go unsurprised. The trailer the trailer looked pretty sick. And... Oh, I, was, I was about to I was about to send the design to you so you could see it. I mean, oh. it looks dope. it looks good. He's like, it's just like very classic looking Godzilla with like a pretty cool, slight tweak. That looks dope. I don't know. I don't know why. Some One of my friends was like, I think it was Kevin from Cedar Pain was like, it looks like the American Godzilla design. That's stupid. Who wants it? I'm like, no, it doesn't at all, man. What are you saying? You're also deducing this from a from like three seconds of shaky footage in the trailer. I but, mean, but whatever. It's still a Godzilla movie. Like, uh, like Shin Godzilla, that wasn't traditional Godzilla shit at all. Yeah. And no, it was still fucking sick. What's... What's your excitement on a scale of one to ten for a, for a new Toho live action Godzilla in twenty twenty three? Probably an eight. That's fair. I have I have expectations for it. I would say my, after Shin Godzilla, you know, yeah, because the American movies have not been good, but any of the Japanese related stuff has been good. Yeah, I mean, I would I would say my my like excitement for it is probably at like an eight and a half or a nine. I also fucking. You know me, I'm fucking Godzilla head, so. It's true. You see I mean, any other trailers? The what trailers? You see any other trailers? Not not that uh, not that stuck out to me. Okay. You watch any movies or shows recently? Um, Let me think. I have, honestly, I haven't really had time to watch much just because of moving. Uh, did we talk about Miller's Crossing? I can't remember if I talked about watching Miller's Crossing. No, I don't even know what that is. Dude. Fuck, man. So I watched Miller's Crossing. It's a it's a pretty early Coen Brothers movie. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. I haven't 19, seen that. 1990. Um, dude, it's fucking good. It's like uh I mean, it's like a classic Coen Brothers like everybody's confused and a bunch of fuckery happens because everybody's confused. You know what I mean? Type beat, which is like yeah. They're just so masterful at writing that. I'm just like down with them to just do that forever and ever for the rest of for the rest of time. Um, I would say it's it falls way more on the serious side of the spectrum of Coen Brothers movies, though. And uh, it's a mob movie. It's pretty violent. It's pretty, pretty fucking dope. Um, it's, it's fucking mad good, bro. 
All right. I'm I'm down. I mean, Coen Brothers, when I really sit down and think about it, might be my favorite pair of directors ever. Yeah. Uh, right. They have a new movie coming out, I think, next year. So. Yes. And I was watching – I did see that trailer too about the two girls that are like going on some sort – it looks very Coen Brothers. Like as I was watching it, the trailer, I was like, this is some Coen Brothers-ass shit here. These two girls are involved in some crazy fucking conundrum – where everybody's confused and nobody has any idea what's going on and it's escalating. This is very Coen brothers. And then I saw that they're involved in it somehow. I was like, Oh, that checks out, you know? Yeah. It looks, it looks pretty good. Or is that coming up this year? I can't remember, but I don't even remember the name. Is it drive away dolls? Yeah. I think that. Yeah, yeah. It looks pretty good. I saw the trailer for that when I went to see asteroid city. Yeah. It looks dope. Um, but that's pretty much it. Uh, I watched. I also watched uh, Blood Simple, which is the first Coen Brothers movie ever. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that in a long time. I watched it when I was a teenager on a really shitty mega video stream. It was dope. I mean, I, I went on a little kick where I was like, I'm going to start watching some Coen Brothers movies that I haven't seen. And both of them were awesome. Even, I mean, Blood Simple being their, for it, being their first movie, especially, it's like pretty insane. All right. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, I uh, I did the same thing with Cronenberg, where I did a real deep dive on him during COVID, and just kind of watched everything from the beginning till right before Crimes of the Future came out, and then I saw Crimes and I was extremely disappointed. But we'll save that for the Crimes of the Future episode. God, all right. Well, shall we jump into this shit? This movie that we watched. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about some stuff I watched real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. What else did you watch? So I rewatched Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Okay. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I saw it uh, not in the theaters, but not long after it came out on like VOD. And mm-hmm. I really liked it then. And it holds up. VOD? Yeah, video on demand. Long Island. And, uh, you know, that movie holds up. It, the thing with it is that I realized is that it's more of a technical achievement than it is a film overall. But I think it's entertaining enough and it does a bunch of interesting things that it keeps, it kept my attention at least, especially through a second watch where, you know, all the story beats and when things are going to happen. Yeah. Um, rewatched bottle rocket. Great flick. Pretty good. Great. Uh, Did you watch the short version or the long version? Whatever one is on Max. It's like the full-length film, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the long version. I never saw the short version. It's like a student film, I think. It's just like a short film that he just like extrapolates on the plot to make it a full-length movie. Oh. I might have to check that out. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Yeah, it's got to be. I watched uh, Halfway Through Dunkirk. Dunkirk? It's pretty good so far. I haven't seen it, so I'm excited to wrap that up. Uh, and I watched How to Blow Up a Pipeline, talked about that on the previous episode. So that's all I've I've been watching recently. Yeah. I'm uh, Now that I'm settled in, I'm ready to just start getting back to watching some flicks, man. Movies are fucking awesome. Yeah, they're pretty dope. That's why we've been <laughs> doing them, bro. I'm a big fan. Um, So, yeah, let's fucking talk about the Warriors, dude. My God. What'd you give it on Letterboxd? Uh, I gave it a three and a half out of five. I think that's um, fair. I gave it a four just out of nostalgia. Yeah, I, this I will say, I was going to say, this is another one. I feel like I've said this about a few movies where if I could give this a 3.8 instead of a 3.5, I would. I mean, I guess realistically that means I should be giving it a four if I'm rounding up. But um, yeah, this movie's fucking awesome, dude. It's so good. Um, it is really nostalgic for me. This used, this was like a movie that I watched so much in like middle school and high school, and I probably haven't seen it since, but as I was watching it, I was like remembering things like line by line and remembering everything so spot on. And it kind of made me realize how many times I've actually seen this fucking movie. I saw this a lot growing up because this is probably my mom's favorite movie outside of aliens. That rocks. So I saw this a lot growing up and uh, when I was younger, I didn't really understand a lot of stuff that was happening outside of it being like, Oh, cool. Guys are getting beat up. Yeah. yeah. 
So like the older I've gotten and rewatching the movie over over the years, it's just I don't know it. it it's a, a strange movie to watch now because when you actually sit down and break the movie down into what it is, there really isn't much of like a plot. The no, movie it's so genius, dude. You don't need a plot. No, but the movie, the strength of the movie is one New York City. The fact that it's actually filmed in New York and Coney Island. Yeah. Uh it feels like a character itself. Uh, yeah. And another thing is the the cast and characters and all the the different gangs and the little iconic lines and all the all these little details that go into it that make it what it is and elevate it to a higher place. Yeah. It's it feels so I mean really this is one of those movies where like they talk about they talk about like how when you like if you're trying to become like a writer for books, movies, games, comics, whatever, and you come up with a story like, you know, the whole idea of like an elevator pitch where like you need to be able to pitch and get across your, you know, the concept of your movie in 15 seconds or whatever. It's like, like you said, there's like no, there's not really a lot of plot here, but there's so much like the plot is so simple and it's, and that's like where it's genius and like, not only there's the plot is so simple, but it's so strong that it allows for like a lot of subplot, if that makes sense. Yeah, there are little subplots in it too. I mean, especially when it's like towards the end of the movies, the movie when uh, half of the warriors break off and they get kind of like punked by the the Lizzie's, the girl gang. Yeah. And uh, shit, what the hell is the main character's name? I had it written down here. Juan? I can't yeah swan has uh swan and his partner are like trying to just get back to coney island and figure out where they're even at and like there's just little things like that like they run into different gangs and then that kind of like that side quest happens yeah it's awesome man it's it's it feels like a video game like it literally feels like there's a setup and then like they're dealing with these video, these like video game type situations where like each gang is like a different level. And like, I like like the escalation of like the gangs, you know, like the first gang they run into is like the skinhead gang, like the, the AC Turnbulls or whatever, or Turnbull ACs. But then after that, it's like every gang gets like progressively more like, like first they run into like the orphans who are just kind of like some fucking pushover gang, you know? Yeah, they don't even do anything. Yeah, and then they're fucking dealing with, like, the cops who are just, like, kind of chasing them, but, like, not a crazy, crazy threat. And then here comes, like, the fucking baseball furies who are, like, insanely badass. And it's just, like, I don't know, man. It's it's cool to watch, like, the way that the, the movie, they set you up with a simple-ass plot, and they just let it go. And it's so fucking fun, dude. It's such a good movie. Um, I know I don't want to keep harping on negative shit, about past movies, but I feel like this is what Escape from New York should have been. I had the same thought rewatching this. I literally had the same thought. Like, this is, first of all, one of my biggest complaints with Escape from New York is how dark and impossible it is to see anything going on. This movie is dark and gritty as fuck and like you're watching it and you feel this sense of like shadowy darkness and like the the fucking grime of new york city but it's also really vibrant you can see everything it looks really cool it's stylized it's definitely like a really cartoony almost like comic book version of like i mean i know new york city was like insane in the late 70s early 80s but this definitely feels like an exaggeration of it in the same way that that's like what they were trying to do with escape from New York, you know? And I think even when we did the escape from New York episode, I was like, you know, it would have been so cool to watch them kind of expand upon like the different gangs and like the different little clicks and like factions that exist and how they kind of like have this, like these weird power struggles. And like, that's what this movie did. You know what I mean? And it's cool to watch it. I don't know. I just feel like visually story-wise 
everything vibe wise. This is what Escape from New York could have and should have been. I really like the way that it kind of expands upon the gang lore. Not so much like the backstories, just that you actually run into these these different this different cast of characters and they feel like a threat rather than a nuisance. Yeah. Big time. Especially when they run into the skinheads and they're chasing them in like a fucking this bus and they're ready to like run over the warriors and they yeah. chase them through the train into the subway and everything. Like you know, it you see them get like beat up. Like even when they fight the baseball furies, like they win that fight, but like they kind of get their asses handed to them along the way, you know? Yeah, they get fucked up a couple of times. And it's like, I don't know. That was my big that was another big complaint with Escape from New York that I had is like at no point did I feel like Snake Pliskin was ever in any real danger. You know what I mean? No, not at all. But in this movie, you're worried for the Warriors. And then there's the aspect where they have the sort of pride where they could easily just take off the colors and probably get to safety, you know? Yeah. But they're too proud to do that. Yeah, it's dope. I really like – and one thing I really like about this movie is that you don't really see any civilians in it other than, like, the the candy store that they go into. Yeah. Other yeah, than that, like, you don't see any civilians. Yeah, it's the candy store girl and the uh, two, like, prom couples on the bus. Yeah, the normies on the, the train, yeah. Dude, there's also that scene in particular when – God, dude, this – you know, I need to go back and change my rating for this movie now that I'm talking about it because it's really making me realize this, this movie is like – it's got, like – it's like a – crazy over-the-top cartoon-ass action movie, adventure movie. But it definitely has some, like, really subtle and well-done, like, fucking, like, thematic stuff going on. And that scene when the two, like, prom couples get on the bus and they're kind of, like, looking at the warriors, like, kind of like, oh, my God, who are these fucking, like, dirty motherfuckers? And the girl who's with Swan, who, like, goes with them, I forget her name, goes to, like, adjust her hair. And Swan's like, no, fuck that. Don't change yourself for these months. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a small thing with no dialogue. It's just like this physical interaction. And it just like, it adds this layer of like humanity and characterization to the warriors and to really like all the gang members. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're outcasts. And, you know, I this movie had like a deep reaction to you know, the youth at the time in the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. New York, especially in New York. New York was a fucked up place. My mom saw this movie like when it came out. She was living in Brooklyn, not far from Coney Island. And it was it was dangerous and it was a fucked up place. You look at all the shit like, you know, there were gangs and all this other stuff. But obviously this movie is more stylized in the way that it's doing gangs and making it seem like, you know, it's not as dangerous. Because nobody dies in this movie besides Cyrus. And... Uh, fuck. Uh, Fox dies, bro. Oh, yeah. Fuck. I Fox gets Fox. thrown in front of the train. Yeah, that's right. But it's like, even if they don't even... And, I mean, presumably, the leader of the of the uh, the, the bad guy with the, the crazy looking the guy Luther. with the bottles. I forget his name. Luther. Luther, yeah. Presumably, Luther dies. The, the riffs are really whooping. Yeah, the implication is that he gets absolutely fucking murdered. Is that – I feel like there's one more. Oh, um, their original leader dies. He gets beaten to death by the riffs at the beginning. Yeah. So there's like a handful of people that die. But it's not just like them dying that's like the threat also is like – like you said, like them like losing their pride and like being disgraced. There's also, like, the threat of them, like, getting arrested. Obviously, fucking Ajax gets arrested. There's just, like, all these factors, and it's just, like, it makes it, it makes the stakes feel so much better and, and crazier and cooler that there's, like, all these different, you know, threats and challenges that they're being faced with. Yeah, I mean, Ajax, Ajax kind of, like, leads his way into, like, almost sexually assaulting an undercover cop before getting nabbed. yeah. That's a whole subplot too. That's yeah. That, that's an arc that gets wrapped up nicely because you hate this fucking character. He keeps yeah. challenging Swan's power throughout the like first half of the movie. Yeah. And then he gets 
you know, he gets what's coming to him. Well, the other fucking it's funny, too, that like that's like a recurring theme that happens in this movie. It's like every time these dudes get like all weirdly like horny and perverted and start getting distracted, it always ends up really bad for them. Yeah, that's what happens with the Lizzie's. Yeah. When half of the group breaks off into meeting up with them, it's like, I don't know, the the writing for this movie, it's so simple, but it's so effective at the same time. Mm-hmm. And upon like every watch, all the, this movie one is one word, iconic. Even yeah. if you don't like this movie, you know stuff from this movie. You know the famous lines, can you dig it? Or come out and play. Yeah, it's awesome, bro. Not to mention, John Wick also references this movie in John Wick 4. Really? Yeah, the radio DJ. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah, I mean, that's re- that's been referenced in so many things, dude. That is iconic. Yeah, there's there, it's kind of crazy that this movie came out in 1979. And other than, like, the way that it was shot with the cameras at the time, it doesn't feel like an old movie. The pace yeah. is quick. Everything happens quick. It doesn't meander around. You know, they move yeah. from scene to scene to scene. And you read like the backstory on the movie. They mostly filmed it at night into the morning. So this way there was nobody on the streets to get things going. So that probably had some sort of effect on the way that they were filming the movie. There's a lot of just interesting things that they did with the movie and the fact that they shot it in New York is something that I think is very sick because now what, how many movies are actually getting shot in New York that aren't being like flooded with CGI or some other nonsense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. True. And it feels authentic. All the graffiti, all the shit you see, all the buildings, them going to Coney Island, actually filming on Coney Island. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely gives it this sense, like I said, of like realness and like hardness and like grittiness. And it's it's just fucking I don't know, man. It's just a really fucking dope movie. It's like we talk about movies being like a vibes movie. This is definitely a vibes movie, but it's a vibes movie that's like it's backed up with, uh, you know, fucking really just really cool characters, really fucking good, simple, but good plot. I feel like when a story is like simple but good, that's the fucking best, dude. It doesn't have to be some insanely convoluted ass shit, you know? Absolutely. You can see why this movie has garnered a cult status. You can see all these things as to why this movie still to this day is referenced and stuff. And I I guess I could see why someone would be like, Yeah, I don't I don't really care about it. But at the very least, you gotta put respect on the Warriors. Oh, you gotta. You have to put respect on it. I mean, this movie is, it, it's incredible. I, I think, I think it's a, a classic in regards to just like action movies. Cause you, there's a foundation laid here regardless, even though the action isn't the focal point of the movie and it doesn't really happen that much, surprisingly enough, it lays a foundation that other stuff has, has built upon. Yeah. I mean, this is more of an adventure movie than an action movie, brother. This is the Odyssey. This is literally the Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, this it is, is. We are a a cast of fucking. We are a band of fucking fellas and brothers who fucking you know whatever, and we gotta fucking go to this place to fucking you know get home and on our way home we gotta deal with all this fucking bullshit and adversity and fight through it and like tests our fucking friendship this is literally the odyssey bro it's so good man this movie's so good and i love the fact that it's straight up 90 minutes yeah it's an easy watch you don't have to invest like that much energy into it and what you get out of it is an incredible movie start to finish yeah i uh I saw something too before like we we started getting into this that they're talking about doing a remake and I'll be honest this movie does not need to be remade because they cannot I I wholeheartedly disagree we'll get into that but go ahead finish saying what you were saying it doesn't need a remake I mean you can't recapture 1979 New York there's there's no physical way to recapture that 
And if they were trying to to maybe portray the Warriors in a modern lens, it wouldn't even come across the same way that this movie does. But the soul of this movie, the heart and soul of this movie is that New York was a violent place in the 70s. So once you have that knowledge ingrained into you, and then you watch this movie, you can really put the two together. And it enhances, I think, what the overall vibe of this movie is. Whereas if you take that sort of information and you're like, well, let's just make it in like 2023 and do like a a new version of it. It's like, what the fuck is the point? What do you get out of that? You can't recreate this. That's fair, bro. And I'm not going to tell you you're wrong in that. However, what I will say is I think that while there is a wide margin for error with re with redoing this in 2023 and track record has shown that most remakes are crap. I do think that the potential for it to be good does exist. I would much rather see a warriors HBO show than a, a remake of a movie, if anything, because a show can kind of be like how the video game was where you see the warriors rise and then the fall. Yeah. I was going to say the redemption. That was going to be the next thing I said, which is that I do think that in uh, remaking it as a show would benefit it more than remaking it as a movie. Did you do any re you said you did some research into seeing the stuff about the remake. Did you, cause I looked into it while I was watching it. I had this thought of like, how has there never been a remake? And I started looking into it and I saw that there was going to be one. It was like in development, and then the guy who was heading the project passed away, and they just gave up on it. Yeah. I mean, I I just don't think that this needs a movie remake. Uh, a TV show could really, I think, enhance stuff. If, if they do more of a prequel, it has the potential to, you know, be better than, like, a full-on movie remake. But even then, like... I don't really need to see how the Warriors became the Warriors. It can just be a gang that exists in New York and they got framed. Yeah. Well, they get into it in the video game, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. Video game's awesome. Dude, the game is so underrated. It's kind of fucked up. I, It's definitely lost to the sands of time now due to like licensing issues. So it's kind of hard to play unless you pirate it. But... Well, the, for, for those who don't know, it's it's made by Rockstar, and it kind of falls halfway between like uh like Grand Theft Auto and like uh did you ever play that game State of Emergency that Rockstar made the beat 'em up yeah. game? Dude, that oh, game's yeah. awesome. But it's like a beat 'em up, but it's like a little bit more like like story. It's not just a beat 'em up, but it's awesome. And like the first like two thirds of the game are just like the background on like how the warriors came to be. And then the last third of the game is like, you play through the events of the movie and it's dude, it's dope, man. It's a really fucking great game. I remember renting it from blockbuster as a kid and my mom being like, Oh, this is going to be cool. <laughs> yeah, that's sick. Um, Did you ever read the book? No, I literally had no idea there was a book until I started looking into stuff about the movie. Yeah. The, the, the book is really good. What is the book cover? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's a million different printings of it that have different, you know, uh, different fucking covers. But the book that I had, I, I read this when I was in high school because I was obsessed with the movie. And um, the book that I had, if I remember correctly, was it just had like a a version of the movie poster. It was like definitely one that was published after the movie. Okay. But the book is cool. It pretty much, it follows a lot of the same uh, beats. Uh, it, it gets more into the interaction of the warriors with like, they mention it when they're interacting with the orphans, when, when they're like, yeah, you know, our caseworker told us about you guys. And he's like, or, or like our, our youth, worker or whatever and and the guys like oh well we don't even have one and they're like oh maybe that's because you're so bad they're afraid of you like whatever like it gets into the whole thing of like their their like social worker 
who's like assigned to like the war like the kids who are like in the warriors and it's like pretty interesting that it adds that layer of like kind of like observing like why these fucking kids are this way because in the book it never explicitly states it in the movie and i do think that it is supposed to be kind of implied that they're really young although the actors don't look really young they all look like they're in their like fucking mid to late 20s at least you know okay but in the book it's like explicitly stated that they're all like teenagers You know, I watching this movie, I never really thought about what age everybody in the gang is, like, throughout all the gangs. I just kind of assumed that everybody was an adult and that they weren't, like, children. No, yeah. In, I mean, in the like I said, in the book, they are they are straight, straight up children. That like, makes it a little bit more deranged. Right, a, yeah. Rem, Rembrandt, the, like, young, the youngest one who does all the spray painting, who's, like, they're kind of, like, their young head who they kind of taken under their wing. I'm pretty sure in the book, he's supposed to be like 12 or 13. And the rest of them are like between like 15 and like 18 or 19. I kind of like that concept of them being children and just getting involved in all this violent shit because it parallels with how things are in the real world, you know? Yeah. I'm looking it up. I'm trying to find the fucking, uh, the ages of the characters. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't, I, I, I'll, I'll have to find it later and text you about it, but they have like different, uh, they have different like names, some of them in the, in the book too. And like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just like, it's so good, man. The book, the movie, the video game, there's a comic too. I've never read it though. Um, any good. I mean, it's probably not, but you know, whatever. Um, two interesting points that, uh, I looked that I saw when I was like doing some research about it. Um, apparently Saul Urich, the guy who wrote the book, uh, wrote it. First of all, he, he's a New York city welfare department worker, which is pretty interesting and probably why they get more into that as like a character development thing in the book. But apparently he wrote this after uh West side story came out and he was like, brother, I am a fucking caseworker with these kids and this is not what it's fucking like to be in a gang in new york city see that's what i'm talking about with the way that audiences kind of were inspired by this movie i mean there was even like there was a whole thing where paramount stopped advertising the movie because people were fighting in the theaters I don't know if you saw that or not or heard about this, but people would go in gangs to the, go see the warriors. They'd look across the theater and be like, huh, I don't really fuck with this guy. And they would start fighting while the movie is playing. Yeah. I mean, that's just dope. I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah, it's fucking cool. It was fuck wild. It resonated with young people at the time. I think if you watch this movie and you're like 35, you could be like, oh, I don't know, for the first time. But seeing this movie as a kid, like, you know, and being involved in subculture and you, you're you pissed off and you're angry at the world, it's easy to relate to this movie. And you could see why, you know, why the plot is moving forward in this movie. You can relate to the, what the characters are going through, especially the scene in the subway train where the warriors are looking at the two normies who are just staring at them. Yeah. It's God, it's so good, dude. Did you, uh, did you have a favorite? I, I wanted to do this too, but actually before we get to favorite scene, I wanted to say, all right, so say we're, say we, we did this for another movie and I can't fucking remember what the movie was, but say we, say we do get a remake. We did it for escape for New York. We did. You know where I'm going with this, right? Yeah. All right, let's 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 cast it, bro. Who's who are who are you casting as Swan? Uh you know, it's hard to say because I didn't think of Swan as being a kid because in the movie he's obviously like a full grown adult. Yeah, he's like thirty four, bro. Yeah, which is kind of crazy because, like, you know, 
when you you put the perspective in that they're actually supposed to be children, it kind of changes the way that you look at the movie. Big time. But uh, I don't, I don't, I can't really think of any child actors that I would want to see kind of like taking the the reins of that off the top of my head. So I'll just say Tom Hardy. I I somehow knew you were gonna fucking say Tom Hardy, man. <laughs> All right, this is this is where I'm going. All right, I'm going fucking. You ready? This is a little bit out there, but. I'm going fucking either Tom Holland or Timothy Chalamet as fucking yeah, I, Tom, I didn't want to say those two because of the obvious picks, but I don't think that either of them can play the role of Swan. You don't think either of them can be like hard enough? Tom Holland, definitely not. I don't know, man. Maybe Timothy Chalamet? Maybe. All right. Well, I'm going Timothy Chalamet as Swan. I'm going Robert Pattinson as Ajax, bro. Okay. Could, Robert Pattinson could play a 21-year-old. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we'll cover good time, but... <laughs> All right, look, man. That's a villain movie. Come out and say it, bro. I'm pro Robert Pattinson. I feel like there's yeah, he's awesome. who'd be hating on him. But, bro, good time, fucking Batman. Robert Pattinson's good. He's dope. High life? Never seen that. Yeah, Robert Pattinson's awesome. He's got... He's got a lot of good movies under his belt. And then uh, for that guy, uh, what's his fucking name? Uh, Cochise, the guy who's like the dude with the afro who wears like the headband with the little feathers on it. Yeah. I'm going Shamik Moore, dude. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he'd be fucking awesome. And he looks pretty young also, you know? You know who I'd like to see as Cochise? Who? Lakeith Stanfield. Oh, uh, also awesome. <laughs> I don't know who I, I'd want to pick as Ajax. You know, looks a little older though, but I guess it could work. Oh man. I'm trying to think of who would be a good Ajax. You know what? Kurt Russell's son. Kurt Russell's son. Yeah, I think that could work. Is he an actor? Yeah. The fuck? Wyatt Russell. Yeah, Wyatt Russell, that's his name. He also has a son named Boston Russell. <laughs> Brother in Christ. Get I know a couple of Boston name. Russells. Boston? What the, the fuck does that mean? All right. Who would you who would you cast as Cyrus? Who am I casting as Cyrus? Well, if he didn't get in trouble, if he didn't get <laughs> we've talked about him him being his career being fucking torpedoed. But if he didn't get canceled, I'm picking Jonathan Majors as Cyrus, bro. Okay. He All would, right. He would be a fucking aw- – imagine Jonathan Majors, you know, bullshit notwithstanding. I understand he's kind of an asshole. And he did some fucked up shit, and we're not rocking with him no more. But I'm just saying, if that stuff didn't happen, imagine him being up on the fucking podium – just doing the can you dig it speech, bro. It would be God tier. He could do it. I think uh Mahershala Ali would be awesome. Oh, dude, too. yeah. Mahershala Ali is, would be so fucking good. And then I got two more. I got two more uh fantasy castings. We're doing fucking um I can't believe I'm fucking blanking on her name. The girl who played Catwoman in the fucking new Batman movie. Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz is the radio announcer lady. Yeah. Zoe Kravitz is that you never see above her nose, bro. You just see her mouth and hear her voice. She's got that vibe. And then I need to know who who you're casting as uh as Luther, bro. Man. Who would I pick as, as Luther? I mean, a really funny one would be Edward Norton. But he's dude. too old to be playing it. Dude. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a really funny one. But, um, dude, a, a really funny one would be uh, Tanning Chatham. 
Oh yeah, Kate, whatever the fuck his name is. I was gonna say Paul Dano is Luther, but at that point, I really have just between him, Zoe Kravitz, and Robert Pattinson, I've just casted the Batman the entire cast as fucking. Paul Dano is a too easy pick. He's he's too good at playing psychopaths. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I would have a hard time casting Luther. Uh, da- uh, fucking Daniel Radcliffe would be a good Luther. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, he could definitely pull it off. Yeah. So that's what we're going with. We have we have casted it for you. Just reshoot it scene for scene. If you're doing a movie, do not fucking or you know what? Do the HBO show and just just shoot based on the video game. Just base the whole. Just do the first two thirds of the video game as an HBO prequel show. There it is. It's decided for you. God, this movie fucking rocks, man. I I can't believe there's people out there that haven't seen this, but they know the quotes. That disgusts me. Yeah, they know the quotes. They know the fucking Coke bottles, Warriors, can you, the Warriors come out to play. They know the fucking lady, like, talking over the fucking uh, mic on the fucking radio show, sending out the songs with, like, the subliminal meanings to send messages. They know all the references. They just might not know the movie. I did go back during this recording and change my my uh, rating from a three and a half to a four, by the way. This movie deserves a four. At least. Um, There's so much good shit in it, man. What's your favorite scene? Did you get a favorite scene? It's hard to pick one. I I love the Cyrus assassination into, like, the riot. Yeah. That scene is really good. Obviously, the final scene with Swan throwing the knife into Luther's arm yeah. is unbelievable. Uh, but if I, if I had to pick a favorite scene, I really like when the warriors are hiding from the skinheads and they're getting chased by them. That's maybe the most like blood pumping. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go with that one to subvert expectations. That scene is very good. Very good. It goes on for a while too. So you get, you get to be in it for a little bit and it's awesome. What would you pick? I mean, without question, bro. I know it's a very, very obvious one, but dude, I'm going with the fucking baseball furies fighting the park, bro. Yeah. Oh, it seemed fucking rocks, man. Dude, it's so good, bro. When they're running and he's like, dude, I can't make it. And Ajax is like, all right, let's go. Finally, I'm, I, we're fucking fighting. I'm tired of this running crap. When he says that, dude, it gets me, it gets my blood pumping, bro. It gets me fucking all hyped up. Then he gets arrested not long after that. He is, it immediately does for being a piece of shit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, God, dude. Great flick. This one's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, you got any other uh thoughts on it? I I kind of went off on how much I, I like this movie and all the all the pieces surrounding it and just how great it is. It's crazy to me that there are people out there that haven't seen this, but they know all the quotes. That that is really insane to me. Yeah, it's wild. Um I like the uh I really one other note that I have was I really like the like kind of bizarro like reversal nature of the fact that like the whole movie takes place in nighttime and darkness and then the final epic climax is in this like super bright sunlight i feel like that's like kind of like the opposite of what you would expect like you would think that in a movie like this like the final showdown would be this like dark like epic kind of like you know moody atmosphere but you like get that the whole time so going from that and then ending in like the fucking dawn, like bright early morning sun on the beach is like, it's pretty cool and different. Yeah. I, it's a a cool way to subvert expectations. Yeah. I like that. It ends on the beach at Coney Island. Yeah. They made it home, bro. Yeah. They made it back. It's dope. You don't know what they do when they get back, but they made it. Yeah, they fucking. Who knows? Who God, fucking knows? He fucking rocks. 
It does. Um, final thoughts on the Warriors, bro. It's amazing. Please watch it if you haven't. Yeah. If you're into epic adventure odyssey type stories. I mean, this is basically the Lord of the Rings, you know? It's Lord of the Rings for punks. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> um, all right. Before we wrap up, Dan, some 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 associates of mine have taken umbrage with some comments that you made in, in a previous episode. Oh, I know. And they would like me to confront you about it. You know, you know where I'm going with this? Yeah, I know. I know exactly where you're going with it. All right. Tell me, tell me if you, I want to see if you're correct. The fucking Jack Black beef. Some of these MFs are very upset that you dissed Jack Black. He's not funny. I don't know what you want me to say. He's pretty funny, bro. Have you seen Saving Silverman? Saving Silverman's dope, but not because of him. Yeah, but he's dope in Saving Silverman. All right, I'll I'll give him that one. All right. You know what? That's a Comedy Central classic right there. uh, Yeah, dude, they'd be playing that movie on Comedy Central (laughs) nonstop, bro. You can put on Comedy Central. They have to show it seven or eight times a week. Dude, that movie fucking rocks. I haven't seen it probably since I was in like high school and just skipping school. Dude, it's funny as shit. It's so fucking good. Bro, it's awesome. And fucking uh, Jack Black is fucking hilarious in it. You know, I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to belabor the point here. I, I like that I was able to get you to concede at least one role of Jack Black's being awesome. That's good enough for me. That's a, a small moral victory. Fine. He's funny in fucking Saving Silverman. That movie yes. rocks. Thank you. Let's go. All right. Well, shout out to uh, Bob, AC, and Sig who wanted me to uh, confront you about that. You're going to sit here and tell me that Carter likes Jack Black? Yeah, bro. I don't believe that. He does. He said he's not going to put the Warren record out anymore because you dissed Jack Black on air. Oh, thank God we can finally stop. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well. What are we doing next week before we finally sign off? Uh... Oh, we're doing a fucking uh, Videodrome. Classic Cronenberg. You haven't seen it yet, right? Never seen it, bro. It's going to be my first time. You're in for a ride. I am quite literally. <laughs> You're in for a fucking ride. I'm putting it on the second we hang up this call, brother. Yeah, I'm probably going to watch it not long after. I yeah. haven't seen it in a, a little bit, so I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. I uh, I told you I wanted to do either this or Scanners, and you said we should do Videodrome. I'm sure we'll do Scanners at some point. I've never seen that either. Videodrome is better than Scanners. There, I I can't deny it, but Scanners has some real iconic shit going on in it. Yeah, the head the head exploding. Yeah, not just that. There's more. There, there's a lot more. Yeah, we'll get there. Oh yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to give my thoughts away on either. But Videodrome is fucking awesome. We'll uh, we'll see. All right. Well, that wraps us up. I think we're. Uh... I think we're um, ready to go. You got any last words for the peeps? Shout out to our sponsor from Within Records. Yeah, give shout a, out from Within. Give us uh, a like and review on Spotify. So real quick too, I, I will say uh, this is coming out um, next. This is coming out next. So this is coming out like a week and a half before this is hardcore. And uh, from within is going to be at this is hardcore with a uh, with a table with some some shirts, records, uh, hats, other fucking bullshit. Um, again, I know I always say it. If uh, there is anyone listening to this that's not a hardcore kid, first of all, how did you wind up here? Second of all, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I'm assuming everyone listening to this is a hardcore kid. So uh, if you're going to be at this is hardcore. Make sure that you um, hit up the From Within table and uh, take a look at what the big boss man is peddling. Um, we'll, we'll, I'll be there playing in a couple bands. Um, so, yeah. Uh, if you're at This Is Hardcore and you're somehow a fan of the pod, come let us know, bro. Say what's up. Come tell me you, you fuck with the pod and uh, give us some suggestions on on what you want us to do next. 
we're still taking emails, DMs and all that. But if you come up to me in person and you tell me, hey, I really want you guys to do this movie, that will count for so much. I will I will certainly make sure that we do the movie, whatever it is, you know? Oh, yeah. We'll send you free shit, too, if you uh, find the legend ZTP and tell them Dark City sucks. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, we don't really have shit to give away for free, but we'll have to make some. We will. We will. Yeah. So <laughs> go up to the Scarab merch table. Go up to the uh, guitar player of Scarab, who's not me, who's always wearing a fucking weird button-down shirt and slacks because he comes straight from work to every show. And uh, tell him Dark City sucks. And if you do that, I'll give you some free shit from one of my band's merch tables or from we'll give you some we'll put you on a list and we'll send you some free dudes doing movie shit when it comes out. We're going to be working on some some stickers and hopefully shirts within the next like month or two. Yeah. Yes. Dope. All right, mate. That's it. Let's fucking sign off. Peace out, everybody. We'll see you next week for Videodrome. Yep. See you for Videodrome.